This is a Dynamic Network podcast. Press play to start. Welcome to Console Combat, and it's time to hail to the kings, baby. Here are your hosts, John and Bean. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Console Combat, your weekly home of video game character battles. I am, as always, one of your hosts, John, and with me is, of course, the Marble Melon, Dean. Hello. I am still here. <laughs> he will still be here until he elects not to be here, and even then, he's going to have no choice but to be here. So yes, this is episode 9, but it is episode 8 in our tournament, which means this is the last fight of round 1 of our first tournament of video game characters. Which means, proceeding from this week on, we will be doing, at least for a couple weeks, two battles a week. So we don't have shorter episodes due to the non-needed repetition of the characters' backgrounds that have already been used. Yeah, because if you're curious about that part, you can just go back and listen to the main episode there. Yes, and if you want to find out why the characters got to the fight that they're about to get in, as nonsensical as some of them might end up being, there's only one way to really get to that point, and that's just to listen to the episodes that brought you there. Plain and simple. Yeah, why are you listening to it out of order, weirdo? Don't right? you know how numbers work? The numbers, Mason. What do they mean? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything about any goddamn numbers. But yeah, so uh, with that, we'll get more into our characters for uh, round eight of our tournament later. But for now, let us hop into our rickety old original model of the Wright Brothers plane (laughs) as we fly on into the drop zone. Where we dropping, boys? All right, I marked it. It's over there. I don't want to go to Bowery Station. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it is going to be a hot spot. Just kicks you out of the plane. Now entering the drop zone. All right. So after a few weeks of radio silence on game releases, we can finally come back to uh, a couple of games coming out over the next week for most of the systems, or the primary systems anyway. And then we're going to circle back to some news uh, relative to uh, the past, uh, as well as to the future, as well as to some nonsense. And uh, also, before we close out the news today, we will discuss the trivia question from last week and the uh, clip of the week, uh, which there wasn't one. So uh, we'll discuss more on that part later. But for now, uh, let me tell you guys really quick the games that are coming out over the next seven or so days. So coming out between now, or we'll go with yesterday, the 11th, and the 19th of January, for PlayStation, we're looking at War Hospital, Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, Bulletstorm VR for the PSVR 2, and The Last of Us Part 2 Remastered. We'll really quickly segue into, I wasn't going to use a clip of the week, but instead we're going to use comments of the week, and yeah. we're going to go fresh off of the comments from this this remaster trailer. Yeah, so I loaded up the trailer for this because I was curious as to what actually they were doing for the remaster because the game's not that old and I think it's stupid that they're calling it a remaster when it's literally just uh, an upscale port 
but they did add more modes and everything according to the trailer and new outfits and free play guitar woohoo but <laughs> i was browsing into the youtube comments on the trailer and uh, they're good they're good <laughs> so a lot of them are kind of in the same vein but they're different versions and these are all from a month ago when the trailer was posted not really stealing any it's already been done the penguins are coldish this franchise now has more remasters and remakes than original titles facts 25,000 likes on that one the cameraman 0911 i can't wait to come home well, I can't wait for it to come out so much nostalgia back when I was a kid used to play this game with Napoleon after a long day on the battlefield. Glad to see it will get the glow up it deserves. Chris P. Bacon, XT6BD. The original is what got me and my buddies through NOM back in the day. I'm glad the kiddos in this day and age can experience this masterpiece. Captain Sprinkles 2420. I can't believe they're making a remaster after so long. It feels like it was just last year that this game came out. Heart. Valverde. Man, I remember coming home a few years back after a long hard day with the construction site of the pyramids with the aliens and play this masterpiece for hours. I hope this remaster is worth the long wait. <laughs> Ludwig van Beethoven, 4971. I remember reading about this game in the Sears catalog back in the 50s. So glad it's finally getting the remaster it deserves. And yes, folks, that was the original Ludwig van Beethoven, the, the real true one. Oh yeah, of course. Always believe everything you read on the internet. Nothing is a lie. <laughs> Guy, 55. I remember playing this game all the way back in 1983 when it came out. I'm so glad they're giving it the remaster it deserves. It, it's a bunch of stuff like this. The, the, the entire comment section. <laughs> Some of them are really funny. Okay. Also, in that same period of time, coming out on the 18th is the Prince of Persia game for Switch as well. Lost Crown, and a game called Another Code Recollection coming out on January 19th for the Switch. Games that I'm very unfamiliar with, obviously. Prince of Persia not so much, but, you know, it's, that's going to be every game release, or every system release, rather, so that doesn't really bear much discussion at the moment. For Xbox, coming out in that period of time, War Hospital, as the same with Sony. Prince of Persia, again, across the board. And finally, for the PC, again, War Hospital. Sovereign Syndicate, Time Survivors, Fractured Veil, also Prince of Persia again, and lastly, Retro Wave World all come out within that time frame of the 11th through the 19th. So, a good plethora of games coming out, a more diverse selection on the PC as usual. But the Prince of Persia stuff coming out is obviously the big eye catch for the group of four major console releases. So look for those games coming out in the next couple days if you're interested. But what else we got in the news this week, Dean? Anything good? Anything fun? Anything exciting? Mm, I wouldn't say there's much fun things in the news this week. It's more irritating or just like more corporate bullshit. We have the video game actors speaking out after the union announces the AI voice deal. Oh boy. Yeah, this is an excerpt from the article that was posted on videogameschronicle.com. Uh, according to SAG-AFTRA, the deal will enable Replica to engage SAG-AFTRA members under a fair ethical agreement to safely create and license a digital replica of their voice. Licensed voices can be used in video game development and other interactive media projects from pre-production to final release. 
The deal reportedly included minimum terms and the requirement for the performer's consent to use their voice for AI. However, several prominent video game voice actors were quickly were quick to respond on Twitter, specifically to a portion of the statement that which claims the deal was approved by affected members of the union's voiceover performer community. Apex Legends voice actor Erica Ishii wrote, approved by who exactly? Was any one of the affected members who signed off on this a working voice actor? So yeah, there's big stink about that. We're gonna see how this plays out, I guess, once more things are released about it. Another thing is Capcom has been caught adding digital rights management or DRM to their older games, even the single player ones. It's probably done as an intentional move to prevent modding, but it also seems to decrease FPS and cause crashes. Uh, because, you know, DRM, and it's Enigma DRM, which is goobage. And my issue with DRM as a PC primary player is the fact that it is usually kernel level drivers, which gives it essentially root access to the system which is sketchy as fuck. There's no reason an anti-cheat or digital rights thing should have kernel level support. It's wrong. And that's the reason, part of the reason why a lot of these multiplayer games and stuff don't work on Linux, even though Valve is making a big push for it. Fuck DRM. Well, that's all nonsense lingo to me, really. So, basically DRM is copyright protection. And so it makes it so that you can't modify or copy parts of the game easily. There, there's always a workaround eventually, but it usually causes issues. So whenever there's a DRM running in the back, so like for Fortnite, they use, I forget what it is. I think it's Easy Any Cheat or, or I forget which one they use themselves, but like Ricochet for Call of Duty. It's very intrusive software. It monitors literally every program that's running on your system and it has like core access to your system like basically it's running in the same level as the operating system itself and that you, it's bad enough you've already got microsoft controlling your system you don't need you know activision doing the same and you know if there's even just one thing who knows if they really wanted to be dicks they could just go on and be like oh you have halo installed you're banned goodbye you know, if they really wanted to, but that'd be very anti-consumer, even for Activision. Yeah. Again, it's it's not a gaming world for gamers. It's a gaming world for the people who make the games. Money? No, not even for the people that make them. It's for the publishers. Yeah, that's, yeah. The distributors, the people who don't even have much involved in the daily grind. Yeah, again, shareholders. See also Rockstar. Yeah. So here's one that, <laughs> Zach, I'm sorry. You're, you're not going to like this, but IGN has given a pretty bad review of <laughs> Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Oh yeah, I saw this. Yeah, unfortunately for Suicide Squad, once the fun story bits end, you're left with much less inspired combat system and an open world that's filled with tedious tanks. Did they give an actual review? Wouldn't surprise me if the answer was no. Doesn't look like it. I believe it was just, yeah, I think it was based on an impression, but yeah. They, when IGN says they don't like a game, that's not usually a good sign. Yeah, I, I but, didn't like that. You know, again, it's opinions. Yeah, that's true. Opinions are like ass. Everyone's got one. Most of them stink. No, all of them stink. Yeah, well, that's fair. And another thing is Nintendo Switch 2 release date may have accidentally been revealed by Game Shark. I didn't think Game Shark was even relevant anymore. 
I didn't know game. I didn't know Switch Two was a thing. Yep, there's uh, there's been news about. I mean, how long has it been since Switch has come out? 2016. Uh, yeah, maybe about that. Yeah. It's been about a decade. You know that that's usually the time to refresh the cycle. Yeah, that's true. Compared to Microsoft and Sony's, Nintendo's kind of behind on the. Re- yeah, but that's not new though. That's kind of how it always is. They're always one step behind the figure two. Yeah, but AI Shark is reviving the Game Shark brand that is relaunching in September 24. The release window, according to the company, is planned to coincide with the Nintendo Switch 2. So, this is any credible source, then we may get the September 24 release date for the new Nintendo Kong. Interesting. Awfully close to have no marketing out for it. You know how Nintendo is. It's usually like, it's almost done and they go, oh, hey, by the way, here's this thing you want. But it just seems like that's now within nine months. That gives them three, not even three full quarters to turn a non-entity that they've essentially not marketed in any capacity and make it a big sell. And they're doing it at the peak of Christmas. I mean, the Christmas, well, I guess Christmas season will be on its way up then. But they're not, they have no marketing and they're dropping it in September, allegedly, which is right when school starts. That's another thing that's really strange about that. I feel like the, they're gonna they're gonna push to a more like November or January. That seems more if they're gonna do something with a play, with a Nintendo Switch uh, Two or whatever they're gonna call it. I feel like that would be the smarter move. I mean, yes, you're not wrong, but it's Nintendo. There's so many fanboys for Nintendo that you know the console's gonna sell. It's gonna sell regardless. It's like the kids' console, so. All the kids are going to get it. It's a first-party thing for one of the biggest game franchises, Mario. That alone is enough of a selling staple for that console to sell. You don't need to really do a whole lot of advertising for it. It's going to sell. No, you're not wrong. That's... Look at the retro NES and SNES that they released. Yeah. They didn't have a real big announcement for that. It was kind of just like a, hey, by the way, we kind of made this thing. Yeah. And it was flying off shelf. Yeah. And they're still, like, even on the secondhand market used, they're still selling for a decent amount of money. And, I mean, same thing can be spoken about the PlayStation Classic, because I have one of those. And same thing, man. Mm -hmm. It's a nostalgia kick. It is truly a nostalgia kick. I personally think it's better to have the original heart. I agreed. I agreed. What else we got for goings on this week? I think that's pretty much it. There's really not much newsworthy stuff going on at least not for us well i guess that's an easy week for the both of us then so with that said okay guys it's time to choose your characters so let me preface this by saying dean was sick a little bit this week and for the sake of saving some time our dear friend and one of our announcers nuke dukem was happy to step in and give the backgrounds and abilities breakdown for his character of this week. But who is that character, Dean? Who are you representing this week? I'm going with Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. Ooh, the yellow ninja. Get over here. I don't even know if that's his thing. It is. It absolutely is. (laughs) Okay, good. I, I don't play more. Yes, yes, as we recall from a couple episodes ago and a couple other episodes ago, Dean doesn't play fighting games. He just doesn't do it. So this is going to be entertaining uh, because I am bringing to the opposite of Scorpion Cervantes from Soul Calibur. He is a dual sword wielding fighter. 
and I think that he will match well against Scorpion in his dual swords. It's time to enter the code for debug mode. Up, up, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. I am a courteous gentleman, and I'm going to allow Nuke to go first this week and let everyone know all about Scorpion and his background and abilities. So take it away, Nuke. Thank you, John, and thank you, Dean, for entrusting me with this responsibility. Hopefully my brain is just as smooth as yours are. Now, let me tell you all about Mortal Kombat's ninja, Scorpion. Scorpion, originally known as Hanzo Hasashi, is a vengeful specter from the acclaimed Mortal Kombat video game series. His tale begins as one of the finest warriors within the Japanese Shirai Ryu ninja clan. Tragically, Scorpion's life took a dark turn when he and his family were mercilessly killed by Sub-Zero, a member of the rival Chinese Lin Kuei clan. This act of violence transformed Hanzo into an undead revenant residing in the Nether Realm, where his sole purpose became to seek vengeance against those responsible for the obliteration of his clan and the death of his loved ones. Scorpion's transformation into a vengeful specter is driven by the murder of his family and clan by Sub-Zero. In his spectral form, Scorpion retains superhuman strength, speed, agility, stamina, durability, and reflexes. He is also capable of manipulating Hellfire, using it to burn his enemies or enhance his combat abilities. Scorpion wields a kunai spear, a chain-mounted weapon that he can use to impale his foes and drag them towards him with his iconic battle cry, Get over here! This weapon, along with his martial arts prowess, makes him a formidable opponent in any confrontation. Scorpion is known for his spear attack and his ability to emit and withstand fire. Throughout the Mortal Kombat series, Scorpion's character has evolved significantly. Initially introduced as a dead warrior entering the Mortal Kombat tournament to exact revenge on Sub-Zero, he later learns that the Sub-Zero he killed was actually the older brother of the man who would take up the Sub-Zero mantle. Feeling a sense of responsibility for his actions, Scorpion vows to protect the younger Sub-Zero as atonement for killing his sibling. Scorpion enters the Mortal Kombat tournament seeking vengeance against Sub-Zero. Scorpion's quest for revenge was further complicated when he discovered that Quan Chi, a nefarious sorcerer, was the true mastermind behind the destruction of his clan and family. Initially manipulated by Quan Chi, Scorpion promised his service in exchange for the power to defeat Sub-Zero. However, upon learning the truth, Scorpion's wrath turned towards Quan Chi, leading to a relentless pursuit of the Sorcerer across various installments of the game. Scorpion was once manipulated by Quan Chi, whom he promised his life in exchange for his impressive combat abilities. Despite his fearsome reputation and relentless drive for vengeance, Scorpion maintains a sense of honor and does not seek to inflict undue suffering upon the world. His personality is characterized by wrath and determination, yet he is not without a semblance of humanity, especially when it comes to protecting innocence or avenging those who cannot avenge themselves. Scorpion's rebirth in the Netherrealm has robbed him of any semblance of humanity he might have possessed. 
As for his weapons, he has his kunai spear, which is his signature weapon, and his twin swords. All right, good job, man. I didn't think that I could entrust anyone to do the job nearly as well as Dean, but the AI is seemingly trying really hard to fill in his shoes. Thanks, John. I'm happy to help whenever either of you need me. I don't know, Dean. Do you feel intimidated? No, not really. The, the... <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad to hear that, because I honestly lack any desire to be a full-time host. That shit looks exhausting. People talk about AIs taking over everything, and now it's not going to happen. And f for context, we're not going to do this all the time. No. It's circumstantial. I wasn't able to intend it, because we don't always do everything all at once. Um, it'll peek behind the curtain here. Sometimes we'll do parts one day and parts another day, just conflicting schedules and all. Yeah. So the day that we were planning on doing that recording, we were just weren't, I wasn't able to, I was dying. Yes. And still survived because he's a survivor. He keeps on surviving. Nothing. I was, no, I was, I was trying to think of a joke in my <laughs> Because you're dead. Yes, I am dead. I are D E D dead. The... <laughs> The lights are on, but nobody's home. Oh, no, the lights are off, too, clearly. Why is it so dark in here? Yeah, I forgot to pay the power bill. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, let me uh, tell you guys really quick all about Cervantes. Cervantes de Leon, the notorious and fearsome pirate from the Soul Calibur games, has a dark and twisted backstory that intertwines with the cursed sword Soul Edge. His tale begins with a deep pride for his father, a respected seaman, but after his father's death in battle, Cervantes turned to piracy. His life took a sinister turn when he obtained the malevolent blade Soul Edge, which ultimately consumed his soul and drove him to madness. This insanity led him to slaughter anyone who dared seek out the sword, as it had taken complete control over him, turning him into a slave to its will. Cervantes' descent into darkness is marked by his transformation into a ghostly figure, a reflection of the corruption that Soul Edge wrought upon him. His appearance evolved throughout the series, initially featuring peach skin and a traditional pirate captain's uniform, which later became corrupted by the sword's influence, giving his skin an unnatural purple tint and his eyes a demonic yellow. After being resurrected as a specter, his skin paled further, and his attire grew darker and more sinister, adorned with claw-like shoulder pads and a wing-like coat symbolizing his further descent into evil. Cervantes was designed to be something of a ghost pirate. In combat, Cervantes is a formidable opponent, known for his mid to close range rushdown fighting style. He wields dual swords, Acheron and Nirvana, which incorporate a swashbuckling technique known as Memories of Soul Edge. These weapons are not just for show. One of them houses a hidden pistol, adding a deadly surprise for his adversaries. His attacks may be linear, but they are devastating when they connect, making him extremely dangerous in a fight. Cervantes' prowess isn't limited to his physical abilities. He also possesses a special stance called Dread Charge, which allows him to unleash powerful attacks like Geo Deray and Dread Slash. While his stance can catch enemies off guard, it requires careful use due to its slow startup and potential punishment if misused. Over time, Cervantes has become a more balanced character within the Soul Calibur series, with the pistol sword aspect of his weaponry becoming more pronounced, allowing him to fire unblockable bullets at opponents. Beyond his physical transformations and combat skills, Cervantes' story is also marked by personal tragedy and horror. He is revealed to be the father of Ivy, another character in the series. 
whose mother was violated by Cervantes under the influence of Soul Edge, intending to create a spare host for the cursed sword. This stark revelation adds a layer of complexity to his character and the overarching narrative of the Soul Calibur universe. As for his weapons, Cervantes is typically depicting wielding two swords, Acheron, a long sword that he uses for powerful strikes, and Nirvana, a short sword with a pistol built into the hilt, which he can use to shoot his enemies at close range. Both swords are said to be connected to the Soul Edge and share some of its cursed properties. When wielding these weapons, Cervantes is a formidable opponent, combining his swordsmanship with his supernatural abilities to overpower his foes. Throughout the Soul Calibur series, Cervantes' backstory and abilities have been expanded upon, with each game adding layers to his character. He remains one of the most iconic and enduring characters in the franchise, embodying the dark allure and danger of the cursed sword he once served. And that's Cervantes. Gentlemen, select a stage. Now that it's time for us to choose a stage, or rather, the Arbiter has chosen a stage, he is going to put Cervantes and Scorpion on the ship that traverses between Earth Realm and uh, Mortal Kombat Island because it's the closest to a hellish landscape for Scorpion and a piratish style landscape for Cervantes that I can come up with and it seems like a perfect middle ground for them to fight. So, yes, this older, slightly decrepit but still somehow fully functioning ship is going to be the location of this fight between two sword carrying characters. <laughs> I feel like it'll be fine. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Just avoid the sails. Players enter the battlefield. This is the battle speculation. The speculation has no impact on my results. However, for the purposes of allowing this to be visualized by our listening audience, the hosts will announce how one of the 1,000 simulated fights might pan out. The weapons that spawn throughout the fight, as well as the environment in which they are present, are not factored into the simulations, but it further adds to the image we hope to present. All right, so Cervantes and Scorpion arrive on the ship. I think it's pretty clear that they're both just fighters and they're fighting. They're looking at each other as though the other is the opponent and it's pretty indicative because there's nobody else around. So, they meet on the ship. Who goes first, Dean? Probably Cervantes. They're on a ship and Cervantes is a pirate. This is true. I think it's good for him to be the person to take the lead hit. And I am going to say that Cervantes is just going to take two nice long sword swings at Scorpion, taking just a one and two straight at him. Scorpion's going to duck after the first one, then duck again and do a leg sweep, pin down Cervantes, and then take the sword out of his hand. <laughs> okay, so you'll take one of the swords out of his hand. He still has the other because, you know, he's Cervantes. I mean, he's going to roll back and he's going to pick his sword back up. But I wanted that. He's not going to let you have his swords. And as he rolls back, he's going to take a knee. What'd you say? Selfish. Greedy, maybe. They're my swords, you bastard. Instead of looking like his sword's going to swing at him or whatever, he's got a little bit of space between them. So he knows, Scorpion knows that he can't just uh, swing at him and take the shot. Uh, but speaking of taking the shot, the sword's not even being swung. Rather, it's being pointed upwards. And out of... The hilt of the sword is, for some reason, a gun. And he just takes three shots at Scorpion with this gun that's at the bottom of his sword. Well, Scorpion is just going to teleport behind Cervantes. And a nice, strong punch right in the spine. 
Oh, you dirty bastard. Oh. Alright, utilizing those poof moves. Gotcha. Smart move. Is that what we're gonna call them? Poof. Well, it kinda does look like a poof. Imagine Nightcrawler with fire. See, you say Nightcrawler, I think the Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Oh, no, I'm talking about Alan Cummings and the younger one from the X-Men movies. Okay, so Cervantes has leaned forward now. He's been kicked straight to the ground. In his recovery, he's going to sweep kick of his own and knock Scorpion off his feet. And then he's going to mount him and start just kind of bashing him in the head with his with the base of his sword. And yeah, he's just going to take a bunch of hits on Scorpion, just kind of smashing his head in. Not smashing it in per se, but just, you know, bashing him. So Scorpion's not going to like that. He, so he's going to like teleport back and then just set the ground underneath him on fire. Huh. So he's going to fall through a hole that's basically a fucking hole of fire and it's just gonna okay i see what you're doing you bastard <laughs> oh cervantes don't like this he is a man of water not fire he does not like the fire all that much so he's gonna stop drop and roll because <laughs> he is on fire after he's done extinguishing himself he's gonna say taste my power and he's going to lunge at Scorpion and take three swings, just left to right to left, cutting Scorpion's chest. Scorpion's going to step back a bit, pull out his own swords, and just do the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and Cervantes, We're even, bitch. <laughs> Cervantes is right there. And he didn't have the swords out, so he's not expecting it. But Scorpion's pretty fast, so I'm going to say that yeah, he absolutely is able to scratch up to Cervantes' bare-ass chest because for whatever reason, Cervantes is not wearing a fucking shirt. <laughs> so Cervantes has got a nice chest scratches now. He's bleeding pretty good. You've you've done pissed him off. So he's gonna he's gonna start punching and slicing at Scorpion. Just left hands are gonna be slicing, right hands are gonna be punching. Almost like brass knuckles, you know what I mean? Like taking the hilt to the sword yeah. just and then this obviously slash punch slash punch slash punch just kind of laying into scorpion because he's bullshit about the scratches on his chest all right so scorpion is going to take his chain spears get over here impale cervantes in each shoulder pull him towards him and just kick him hard right in the face backwards what a douche Cervantes didn't like that, man. Cervantes is bullshit. Now he's just going to start being angry, and he's going to unleash of as he's running back towards Scorpion, because now he's going to be relentless. One of his gourds, or swans, or whatever you want to call them, aimed at Scorpion, just relentless firing, Ooh. and non-stop running. Scorpion's probably going to try to defend himself with another spear, and... Cervantes is just gonna slice it out of the sky and he's just gonna leap and mount Scorpion and jam both of his swords into his shoulders to pin him to the ground. Okay. Scorpion is just going to teleport out of the swords behind Cervantes again and he's just going to plunge his sword in his back and pull it out and now... Guys, the time has come. End this now. Cervantes is standing there in a dazed state. He's like kind of woozing around a little bit. So Scorpion is going to basically human torch, you know, flame on and fly directly through Cervantes. 
and just destroy his guts. He's holding on by just a spine. <laughs> and he's just like, oh my god. And then Scorpion's going to just <laughs> turn around, pull his sword out, slice his head off, take his spear, hit his head while it's midair, and just slam it on the ground. And then just kind of turn around, stand there, cross his arms, and be like, yeah, that was easy. <laughs> Fatality. Finally, a W after all those consistent L's for Dean. He's been having a bad luck streak two times in a row now, it seems. So hopefully this break, I say this with all biases inside, I do hope that this break is a a, a longer one than last time. <laughs> so just like the train derailment in Call of Duty World War II, it's finally... The L train's finally off the tracks. <laughs> That's great. Let's hope it stays off the tracks a little while for your benefit. I don't like seeing you suffer. I do feel bad. It's all that happens, man. That's all this podcast is, is me losing. <laughs> Not today, sir. Not today. Uh, let's go! Yes. <laughs> Wallow in my loss, I will do for your victory of... 507 to 493 against Cervantes. These guys were pretty much the same character with a couple minor differences. Cervantes, his speed is 4, Scorpions is 5. Cervantes is strength 5, Scorpions is 4. They're both 6 on fighting capability. Yep. Durability 5, both of them. Adaptability, Scorpion 5, Cervantes 4. Cervantes intelligence 5. Scorpions is four, and Scorpions range four, as well as Cervantes. So, yeah, the numbers were all pretty much the same, just in different categories. And only really two of the categories were different, actually. Yeah. Uh, I think it was speed and adaptability. So, yeah, it just goes to show you that just because people have, you know, the smarts doesn't necessarily mean they're more capable or adaptable, and vice versa. Again, we could have run this the simulation again, and it could have come out the other way entirely. We would have seen Cervantes perhaps get 507 versus Scorpions 493. That is the beauty of the Monte Carlo simulator, and that is why we do this. So yep. round eight has been finalized for this tournament, which means Scorpion proceeds to the second series. But before we, fall, before we close this episode out, we, we like to do the hacking the game segment. All right, boys, let's hack the game. Discuss what you think a game that's focused on these characters would be like. Would it make sense? Would it be fun? Or would it be another the day before situation? All right. And uh, yes, Cortex asked us the question. And I was talking to Dean about this the other day. I think we're going to pull back on the how each character would fare in the other's games because we're kind of already testing that with putting them against each other. So I... yeah. I think we're going to hack the game by kind of imagining what a game based around these two characters would look like. Because I think there's a lot of fun. I think a, a lot could be said about making a game based on characters that may or may not have a lot in common. So I'll take the lead on this one. Obviously, it's a fighting game, so it, it would have to go that way. But I think it would be interesting to see maybe having Cervantes be a pirate captain and Scorpion be one of his, you know, one of his crew 
who happens to be maybe the best fighter on his crew and they have a you know almost like a one piece style adventure kind of thing but they're both uh, in some capacity like undead or specter-ish i think they'd be like a almost like a pirates of the caribbean meets one piece kind of thing i think it could be a little bit of fun if they did something like that yeah especially if it was in like a more of a darker tone because you know you have the fatalities from mortal kombat so that that's something that could be incorporated into it because mortal kombat's more of a brutal fighting game than soul caliber oh yeah absolutely and if it was like that with the brutality of, you know, no pun intended, Mortal Kombat, then I feel like that would be a pretty interesting thing. Or And, like, the storyline itself can be kind of along the lines of, like, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, where it's just, like, a storyline throughout a pirate crew, you know, with Cervantes being the captain, Scorpion being, like, you know, the right-hand man, and then maybe a few other smaller characters from their respective series joining the crew and just going on badass plunder adventures and just kicking the shit out of their enemies. Yeah, I, I think that's a good premise for it, for sure. So we're going to keep it simple on that. For Fighting games are hard to make more convoluted than anything else because there is no true way, in my mind, to make a better story than like Mortal Kombat, for example, because they've got a pretty decent linear story. Uh, but usually fighting games don't have the greatest of stories. That's just the unfortunate truth of it. Uh, but that being said, let us know what you think of our little imagined what-if game between Cervantes and Scorpion. Uh, uh, no, we can't say what if. We get, we'll get sued by Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Why come uh, Scorpion Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yes, the questions that Plato asked. Why come? <laughs> <laughs> Because good feel it do. All right. So yeah, uh, let us know in the comments or you know via email or, or whatever what you think of the idea and maybe present your own idea for what a game uh, between Scorpion and Cervantes could look like or would look like in your opinion. And I guess this is a perfect time to transition into what's coming because now that we have uh, eight episodes and eight rounds of this first tournament out of the way. Let's go down the previous winners just really quick, and then we'll talk really quickly about next week's matchups. Uh, so first we have Lara Croft and Ezio Auditore. Then we have Gino from Mario RPG and Tails, obviously from Sonic the Hedgehog. Then we have Ryu from Street Fighter, Revolver Ocelot from Metal Gear Solid, Nemesis from Resident Evil, and now Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. And honestly, that doesn't sound lopsided yet. I actually don't hate it. No. So yeah, so that puts those eight characters against each other. So you'll get next week, Lara Croft versus Ezio Auditore, and Gino versus Tails. And then the following week, you'll get Ryu versus Ocelot, and Nemesis versus Scorpion. All of those sound interesting. So I am yeah. excited to see what the next couple of weeks bring us. And then the following week, we'll kind of make a spectacle uh, somehow, some way. We'll make maybe a really long uh, speculation between the two finalists. And then we'll start over. We'll have a whole new tournament for you guys. Another uh, round of 16 characters for round one and so on and so forth. Also, before we call it a uh, episode, last week we had a trivia question. What does stars stand for from Resident Evil? And stars. 
Yes, thank you, uh, Nemesis, for reminding me. I did not get a response from anybody, and it's probably because I didn't put it up on social media. I was kind of testing the waters to see if anyone would respond to the podcast. Uh, obviously, that was a failure. So, mission accomplished. I got my response, even if it wasn't a good one. That aside, STARS stands for Special Tactics and Rescue Service. No one gets the W on this week, so no one gets a shout-out. But... And Yes, that's okay. No no victories for you. Now, we're going to ask a new trivia question for this week. Who is the original voice actor for Scorpion? More specifically, who is the voice behind the iconic Get over here! And Come here! And stuff like that. Um, Come here, boy. No, uh, not quite that. Uh, no southern draw to the uh, voice. Come here, boy. That's a little closer. We're getting there. Uh, it's more like Nicolas Cage getting yelled at. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, again, who is that voice actor? What is his name? Drop it in the comments. Respond email, Discord if you got it. On, you know, whatever. And is there anything else, Dean? Not that I can think of. All right. Well, before we call it a show, our our weekly guest has got our information drop here for you. So take it away. This podcast is part of the Dynamite Podcast Network. Be sure to check out the other shows on the network. There is something for everyone. Firstly, the hosts of the network, Dynamic Duel, Marvel vs. DC, hosted by Marvelous Joe and Johnny DC. Also, Max Destruction, Movie Fights, hosted by Ken, a.k.a. Max Kevlar. And last, but certainly not least, is Senjo World Anime Action, hosted by Zack Senjo. Please check those shows out and also follow them and this show on social media. You can find it on Instagram and TikTok, at Console Combat on both. And there's also a website where you can find links to any listening medium, as well as links to the other shows. The site is ConsoleCombat.com. Lastly, it would be a great help and show of support if you, the listener, would be so kind as to leave a five-star rating and or review on your podcast platform of choice. It helps immensely on growing the listening audience. Oh, that smooth voice. I can never get sick of it. Okay. Remember to Ligma and subscribe. Oh, yes. And remember, when you're playing Mario Kart, not every one of those item drops is a good one. Some of them are traps. It's a trap. It's a trap. Oh, shit. We're doing the movie crossover again. Later, nerds. Bye, Felicia. Dean, these are two fighting characters. What are you thinking for... What is our arbiter going to do for this week's fight? Why is it always me? Everyone's going to think I'm the arbiter now. (laughs) I I came up with it last week. Leave that part in. (laughs) 